Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi guys, it's Kara. I just wanted to hop on here and discuss something before we get into the bulk of the episode. Um, Obviously, with the... um, national attention garnered from the Gabby Petito story. There is in tandem this conversation about um, missing black people and missing people of color in this country and how uh, the, you know, they tend not to get even a hundredth of the attention that, um, you know, people who have quote missing white women syndrome get. Um, So, you know, as a black woman, I, I felt it's important to highlight the issue and the subject matter. And um, in the description, I have uh, posted a an incredible link to an article about, um, you know, we know that Gabby was, um, you know, uh, left, for lack of a better term, in Wyoming. And there was an article that came out about how, um, there have been over 700,000 missing indigenous women, um, in the last decade in Wyoming. And on top of that, they're just, you know, on a national scale, just thousands of people, men, children, women, black people, people of color that go missing all the time, like I said, without even a hundredth of the attention. So, um, yes, I would highly encourage you to, um, read the article. And also I will be linking, um, to the Black and Missing Foundation, something that I found out and I think it's like an incredible resource for people. Um, It was founded by um, Derricka Wilson, a former law enforcement official, and Natalie Wilson, a public relations specialist. Um, So they formed this foundation in 2008. And yeah, I think it's really, really important. They 
are quoted as saying, we decided to do some research and saw that there's a disparity in coverage. We started the organization because we're women of action and we want to help our missing. We want to protect families as well as those in our community. Um, yeah, over the last few weeks, several media outlets have reported that there are more than 64,000 missing black women in America. Um, and it's, you know, there are so many reasons behind why um they do not get this sort of attention even from a ground level even from like a a victim to police level a lot of times what will happen is that they the police will tend to um note or classify these missing people as runaways which you know pretty much is where the buck stops in terms of awareness and um action towards these people so uh yeah i will be linking both that article about the indigenous women and this black and brown missing foundation um so yeah i you know encourage you to check out those resources and yeah here's the episode everyone's business but mine we have you know a bit of a somber situation happening with the disappearance of one gabby petito um but we're here to talk about it and we're here to talk about it and what i'm going to do is like the most respectful not conspiracy theory not like uh you know sensationalist sort of way just talking about the hard facts join with me is anastasia hello Hi, I'm so excited to be on this pod. I hate the topic, but I, I'm still excited to be here. I know. Um, yeah, it's it's a really rough situation. It is a fascinating situation, and it's so layered. And part of the reason why I wanted to have you on is because I feel like you have a better idea of what's happening with like social media and how people are like youtubers and and that whole sort of like influencer life so I'm, I'm gonna pick your brain about that but um let's just start off with the hard facts um Gabby Petito and Brian Laundrie were fiancés they were both from Suffolk County Long Island but moved down in the past couple of years to Northport, Florida, where his parents live. So they were living with his parents. Um, yeah. And it's interesting because she moved in with them pretty quickly after they started dating. Mm-hmm. Um, so they knew each other in high school, but didn't date in high school. And they reconnected in 2019, I believe, um, and moved down within the year to live with his family. Yeah. So pretty quick. I mean, I can't say that. I moved in with my husband after, like, six months. But <laughs> not the best idea, guys. Don't do that. <laughs> um, the thing that I find interesting is that these, they're, Gabby is 22, uh, Brian's 23, and their social media, Gen Z social media is very fascinating to me because they seem to, like, toe this line between, like, private and also like extremely not private, extremely public. Um, we don't really see like if you look at Gabby and Brian's Instagrams, you don't see other people in them. No yeah, friends. And they're not 
old. Like, I think his first post is the one-year anniversary of them dating. So March 2020. Yeah. And um, her first post is a little later than that. I think they, at least, I think he created his Instagram for her. I think she had a Instagram and I think she had wiped it, which is a very Gen Z thing. I still yeah. have, I still have my first Instagram post up. It's embarrassing. Um, mm-hmm. And I noticed that I'm, so I'm 28 and I've noticed my age group. We don't really delete posts. Sometimes we archive like ex-boyfriends, ex-husbands, ex-significant others. Yeah. Um, but I've noticed Gen Z will like wipe theirs clean and like put up a whole new aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not something you see for millennials as much. And then definitely not Gen Xers or above. For sure. Like, I believe in looking back, there were some posts from 2016, but most of them were from like the past year and a half with Gabby. Um, mm-hmm. And you're right with Brian. It's like the first picture is of the two of them. Um, So July, they head off from... To my understanding, they drove from Florida to Long Island, and then in July they began their cross-country trip. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, the trip was supposed to last until, like, the end of October? Yeah, so it was supposed to end in Washington State on Halloween, and then they would drive back after that, which makes sense in that um, that's the best camping time out there, probably. Um, you don't want to stay too late into the winter. Um, and then also, like, their home way before the holidays. Uh, I, ima- I imagine that they would have traveled up and down the coast to go see, because her mom's up in New York and her dad's in Florida. Um, mm. So that timeline makes a lot of sense for why that's how they did their trip. But, yes, it was supposed to end on Halloween, which comes into play later into the story. Yes, timeline. correct. Correct. Um, so throughout July, they're, Gabby and Brian are traveling through like Colorado and Utah. Um, there's not really, I mean, their Instagram posts, there's not really like a whole lot of stuff to report on unless there's something that I missed. Um, it seems like things start heating up, if you will, August 12th of 2021. And this is when a 911, somebody calls into 911 and reports um, a, a situation happening with Gabby and Brian but we didn't find out until very recently that this person who reported that reported that they saw this gentleman saw um Brian not only slapping Gabby but also chasing her up and down the sidewalk hitting her they both get back into the van and drive off so there was actually two witnesses which is where this confusion came from because the 911 call was actually released last night but the body cam footage was released a week and a half ago I want to say um and so where the confusion came in is when we first got the police when we first got the police report um they mentioned a witness named Christopher and that is not from what I understand who was on the 911 call so Christopher told the cops I saw her hitting him the 911 caller had told 911 I saw him hitting her and gave those details and from what I understand on basic research, the cops weren't given the 911 call. They were just told there's a domestic violence incident. This is the car. Um, and I guess they ended up driving behind him because then they see 
they're driving behind the car. The car is going like 45 and a 15 because it's in the middle of a national park. Mm-hmm. They see the car swerve and hit a um, curb. And then that's when they pulled them over. And when they pulled them over, she's sobbing hysterically in the front seat. And I say hysterically, not in a way to judge her mental health. Like she's sobbing. And right. um, I know people have been disparaging her saying she was hysterical. She wasn't. She seemed just like a very upset girl pulled over by the cops. Um, and then he seemed fine. Yeah. I, it's hard. The body cam footage, in my opinion, is hard to watch for multiple reasons, but from like an analysis side, it's hard to watch it in hindsight, because I think if we saw the footage without how this all went down, I think we would have not interpreted it different, but I don't think we'd be as hard on it. And I think some things are being read into just because we know what happens. Um, so that's an interesting right. aspect. I don't know how often we get to see body cam footage like that because I I feel like we never have a case where the cops are like, yeah, here's our body cam footage. Yeah, I mean, it's wild. You can watch on YouTube almost, it's like an hour and 21 minutes of this body. Yeah. It's and extensive. They're, and they're releasing and more apparently. Um, the female cop has her body cam footage as well. So I don't know if we're going to see that maybe during the court case if it goes to trial. Right. So what happened is basically they interview both of them. Like you said, Gabby's clearly very upset. She mentions that, I mean, this is all like just perception and just what I felt of the situation. Mm-hmm. Is that Like we have our basic as I think just like inherently as women and just like people out there in the world, we have like an idea of what um, an abusive relationship can look like and how the two people in the situation can react. And from, I didn't watch that whole footage, but like from what I saw, it seemed like the cops were like trying to almost coach Gabby in a way of saying, okay, you weren't like, you were, we know that you were the victim of this. We're trying to get you to say things that will lead us, you know, to be able to make that determination. Um, you know, like I said, she was very upset. Him, not so much. He seems like pretty. I think this is a lot of why people were comparing him to Chris Watts is that mm-hmm. he was like very mm-hmm. nonchalant, very polite with the officers. And yeah, it's just, it's very sad because Gabby's very quick to blame herself mm-hmm. um, and her mental state. She states that she has um, obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, and that that affects her mood and that she was just feeling some type of way. And she really centers herself in terms of like putting the blame on it. It's, it's really sad to watch her do that. Um, and yeah, they, even though there are reports of Brian putting his hands on Gabby, neither of them want to state that that happened. And the hard thing is, is he had scratches, he had visible scratches. And so when the thing, it's hard because she's sitting there going, yeah, like I hit him, I hit him. And the one witness that they talked to says he hit, she hit him. And then he has scratches. Like, it's not a huge, I don't think in hindsight, it feels this way, but I think in the moment, like the cops are working with what they have. Um, the female officer even said that, and you see in the background of the body cam footage, she was sitting with Gabby in the car being like, this seems really toxic. Can you go home to Florida? 
you know, why don't you, why don't you call your parents? So it's, and I, I do think, and this is, I know we said we're not going to do like grand conspiracies. So please don't think that this is what this is. I think the main cop with the body cam was in training because Mm. when they're discussing what to do with the charges, he like very formally reads the Utah statute to the other cops. And the one cop is like talking him through what that could mean. Mm-hmm. And he's like, do you think she was intending to, because that's what they end up getting hung up on is. Yeah. They keep asking her, did you intend to cause harm? You right. caused, technically caused harm because there's scratches, but did you intend it? And it's very clear they're desperately trying to give her like a, a literal get out of jail free card. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time though, it's like you pull up into a van and there's a crying girl and like a smiling guy. And so how it's a very, it's frustrating. The best way I can describe this body cam footage is frustrating. Yeah. It's, it's really sad. And it's just like a classic tale of what happens more often than not in these domestic abuse cases that like, uh, you know, what ends up happening with Brian and Gabby is that they have to, they separate them for the night. Uh, Brian goes to a hotel and Gabby stays with the van. Um, and, you know, like oftentimes there's not much that people, that the authorities do. Um, I mean, they have to go by people's word. And if they don't want to talk, then they just kind of have to deal with that. And that's sad. And I know some people have said, like, okay, why did he get a hotel and she had to take the van? And that's for a couple reasons. One, the van was technically in her name. So right. they weren't going to take the van and give it to give it to him. Two, right. um, the reason that he got put into a hotel was that a domestic violence victim advocacy group pays for hotels for victims in cases like this. And the right. cop even asks on the phone, on the body cam footage, well, can you get her a hotel too? And they, he's told no because she's technically the aggressor Mm. um it's frustrating because it's like everything you're doing is exactly right and it's like I'm sure that charity feels like gut-wrenched right now and I'm like I I can't even imagine how they feel because you know and the hard thing is and they explain it a lot they can't enforce them not talking once they go their separate ways and the next morning like she has to go pick them up from the hotel so even if they had booked either of them they would have been just released the next morning and put back into the van together. Um, And I think best case scenario would have been one of their parents would have pulled them home because of that. But like, we really don't know that for sure. And so it's like, it kind of just delays the, I don't want to say delays the inevitable, but it's like, I really don't think that would have been like the turning point of all this that could have prevented it. Sadly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, The officers that were on the scene, they conducted an investigation. They determined that there was insufficient evidence um, to justify criminal charges. Um, And the Moab police, which is where they were located in Moab, Utah, um, decided that the fight didn't like rise to the level of a, quote, domestic assault as much as that of a mental health crisis, which is infuriating, frankly. (laughs) Yeah, because I'm kind of, part of me feels like, well, what's, what's the difference of how you would handle, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, so just because it was a mental health crisis, like, you're just gonna go, okay, bye, like, that's right. lucky crazy kids. I hate being, yeah. the use of cra- word crazy is bad, but you know what I mean? Like, right. there wasn't anything else you could have offered them. I know 
Gabby's father, he was on Dr. Phil last night, and he stated that she he doesn't know of her being diagnosed with anything. And she thinks he thinks she was using OCD as a colloquialism. Um, mm. But again, she's 22. It's very yeah. possible she was. I, I was medicated for my anxiety for like a year before my parents knew. So it's very possible she did have a formal diagnosis. Um, but they were both, she was unmedicated for it. And I believe he was too, was unmedicated for anxiety. Because they mm. both talk about it, that they're like, oh, we both have anxiety, but we're unmedicated for it, um, which is your own decision. Um, but yeah, so I guess that's where they de- decided on mental health crisis. I know there was a lot of discussion of it was blacked out and redacted in the police report. So there was a lot mm-hmm. of like guesses, unfortunately, of like what mental health crisis could have been. Um, but yeah. we know now that it was anxiety and possessive compulsive disorder. Right. Um, so I believe that there was a bit of a lull between like that week after that week. It's worth noting that the day, so this was August 12th where they had the, the run in with the cops. Um, this might be a time to like talk more about her social media because you can see trends in people. And I kind of want to like see, I don't know. I want to see what you think. So obviously Gabby was, leaning towards trying to be an influencer, a vlogger, what have you. So it could be fair to say that maybe she just decided to kind of switch up the tone of her Instagram because that's what she was trying to do. Like maybe she was like, okay. So like initially her posts leading up to August 12th are, her captions are shorter. They typically have emojis, but then on August 12th, there's these long captions, way longer, um, in which she tags uh, Brian six times between two posts. It's just very different from her usual social media behavior. Um, But I I thought it was interesting that she posted frequently, but two posts in one day, and also like a very different tone in the captions is interesting to me. Like, I could think from one part that maybe, you know, they had gone through this situation. Um, You know, like maybe she was uh, tagging him a lot because she wanted to like send out a signal in a way of like, I still care, but I don't know. This is just like my mind going, but I did find it interesting that the same day that this incident happens, there's a very noted shift in her social media presence. Yeah, um, I think that's part of what makes this case compelling, because if you strip that away, it's sadly just another domestic violence murder, you know what I mean? But there's this whole other layer to it with the social media and the cross-country road trip, Um, and so I think that's part of why it's like why this case and not others, but I will also touch on that later. Um, Part of why I think her captions changed is they did launch a YouTube channel. It has a video. Um, it is eight minutes long. It was posted around YouTube. It, it was on the thing. I think it was like the 14th. I think it's the 19th. I might be wrong, but I, oh, I it, it is. But so it's very clear though, that they're like ramping up the brand yes. at this time, which is weird because it's pretty far into the trip already. If the trip started in July and we're already in mid August, you know, correct it seems pretty deep into the trip to just now be like launching the brand. Like I looking at it, it's, it's weird. So one, 
this whole thing is framed as two influencers, but both of them had under a thousand subscribers or a thousand followers when this right. happened. Yeah, um, so they, they were. The media is really kind of over and fl- ran with that one. Yeah. Um, um, I do yeah, think like, there yeah. was this effort to make it. But it's like, why wasn't there like van building content? When they put together the van they were living out of, you you think you know right. you see stylized posts on that, um, them packing like why isn't there a packing video? Why isn't there? So I think she, she was like making that change into it, um, and I I do think this is a really classic example of when things go bad, you double down on social media yes. to make it look good, right. um, and I think that's what was happening here was okay, this trip isn't going good. Things aren't going good. But I'm going to make it look good. I'm going to make it sound good because yes. we have to get something out of this. And it's like clearly not a healthy relationship. So at least like, let's get the brand going because you're right. It's like before that, it's one emoji in like a sentence and now it's paragraphs. And later on, there's also another weird tone shift on the 19th that we can discuss that yes. is odd. I, I want to talk a little bit about the video because mm. if you guys want to watch it, I'll probably link it in the description of this episode, but you'll find it. Um, the channel's called Nomadic Static. It's N-M-O, excuse me, N-O-M-A-D-I-K-S-T-A-T-I-K. Um, to me, like I used to watch travel vlogs all the time years ago. So I know what I'm looking at. And this was very like, 2015 2012 travel vlogs like it's an eight minute video the first four minutes are both mostly just like time lapse time lapse over like what I call like coffee shop music just like very (laughs) loungy vibey music um and we don't hear her talk until almost like more than halfway through the video um and also something I noticed is that they were there's so many shots of them kissing And there's so many shots that feel to me like, even if none of this had happened and I had watched this, I'd be like, gosh, this is kind of overkill. Like, like you said, it feels like doubling down on the relationship because things are not going well. I'm like, just let's do this full speed ahead. Um, Also, also what's worth mentioning that you touched on is that they didn't start the vlogging or the vlog wasn't uploaded until, you know, almost two months into this uh, trip. But it also included a lot of footage from like prior, like there's a, there's a clip where they're eating sushi on the beach. And that is also the same picture that Brian posted on Instagram from July of 2020. So some of the footage we see is from 2020 and some of it is from the current trip. Yeah. And the footage is odd. Um, It's not, it's not the lifestyle porn you expect from a van life video. Like, I I hate camping. I hate the outdoors. I sunburn Same. very easily. And usually I'll watch a van life video and be like, huh, well, maybe, perhaps. <laughs> um, right. But there's... So what shocked me the most about their van life video is how small the van is. Tiny. It's so tiny. And you watch other van life videos and they have full kitchens. They take the back of a school bus and it's like a bed and a sitting area. And like, here's my office space. Or And even the ones inside of those types of like sprinter vans, 
are mm-hmm. laid out and it's like storage upon storage, but theirs is small. And they brag about the fact that they did it for almost nothing. Um, and so I don't think it was like a well done fan conversion. And then there's not even a bed. It's like a half love seat. In it's the back. like a half. Yeah. Like it doesn't even seem like it would be comfortable for you to, for one person to nap in much less two people to sleep in there full time. Like I actually, one of my best friends did a trip similar to this. She went, they, she and her husband took a trip from, they were living in San Francisco and then went all across the country for like two years. So they did this whole like van life thing. And like, like you said, like the, the layout of the van is not really, it just feels like a build out that you would do for like a like a anthropology ad Mm -hmm. like it's not functional (laughs) really at all it's like really cute in there and yeah it doesn't really seem like you would do you could do a whole lot but it's like um, and you can tell because in the videos the footage that we know is like from the actual trip they're sleeping in the tent they're not sleeping in the mm -hmm. van which like kind of defeats the whole purpose in my opinion of having the van I'm sure sometimes, like, when you do the van thing, you take, if it's a really beautiful spot, you take the tent out and you camp. But, like, there's one scene where it's, like, torrential downpour. And she's in the tent. Yeah, and she said it had been like that all day long. And she's, like, having to hold up the sides of it to keep, Mm -hmm. like, because the rain is making the tent sink in (laughs) from the weight of it. Um, Yeah, it just seems, like, a little half-baked, to be honest. Um, I think... Up until yesterday, like, the one thing I was confident in with this case was that both of them were in over their heads at this trip. Like, that was the one thing was I was, like, neither of you have, like, like, they couldn't even really repair it themselves, it seems. Like, I didn't think either of them had the skills for this trip. And that is an interesting part of social media is that we're seeing all these YouTube channels of van lifers and they really make it easy looking, but you don't see them fighting you don't see them Mm -hmm. you know having car trouble unless it's like really good to show them like fixing it um you don't see it being too hot you don't see them being miserable like it's all very happy and so I think it's very easy to think that that's an an easy lifestyle to live and a hundred percent it's like so glossy you're in these gorgeous locations and you you know you and your man are out there hiking with no shoes on and like eating vegan and, you know, making no an acai Yeah. And it just, it, yeah, you're right. It looks very like easy and, and like, oh, we're just living our best lives. Don't you wish you were here? But yeah, there's that whole other side of it's like, I haven't taken a shower in three days. You stink. Oh, that like, was something that really stood out in the body cam footage was how much the cops kept stressing that they should take a shower. Mm-hmm. Um, to both of them, the cop kept being like, maybe you can take a shower and think about it. And then the one cop turns to her and is like, here's where you can go. There is a list of places you can get free or cheap showers. Because Moab has a lot of, like, hikers and campers that come through. So there's a couple different locations that you can get, like, a $4 shower at. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, and I'm like, oh, they must have have smelled. Like, you know what I mean? That sounds awful to say. But, like, yeah. And it's like you're uncomfortable you only can bring like five or six outfits which must be really hard if you're also trying to like launch a lifestyle brand yeah Um, totally so yeah yeah but it's a small small it 
I actually saw like an almost similar van um, in my neighborhood and it was our plumber, like a plumber. So like that gives you an idea. And it was like what they send the guy who's giving you a quote. It's not what they send the guy with all the equipment. If that right. makes sense. Like it's, right. it's small. Yes. Yes. Um, so that leads us to um, the last time Gabby was seen she was coming out of a checking out of a hotel in Salt Lake City. This was August twenty fourth of twenty twenty one. The last time that Gabby, well, maybe we should go back a little bit. So between this upload, Gabby spoke to her father on August twenty first. That was the last time they had their FaceTime call. Last time he communicated. So, so she FaceTimed the dad on the twenty first, but she FaceTimed yeah. the mom on the twenty. 25th yes yeah um and Gabby's mom said that when she spoke to her Gabby said that they were heading to Yellowstone and Teton in Wyoming um so this is also the date of her last Instagram post correct um, or no was that the 29th I think that's the 29th or the 28th or the 25th is the last day of her Instagram post um yeah the time that they were in a hotel is a very weird black hole in this case because so she's in the hotel from the 17th to the 24th and the dad sends food at one point because there's a power mm-hmm. outage. Um, but her uncle, her mom's, her stepdad's brother had released a timeline when this case first started hitting national news and it included that Brian had flown back on the 17th to Florida to empty a storage unit that they were renting into his parents' home um, so that they could save money on that storage unit. However, the weird thing about that is outside of that timeline and the mom and the dad confirming that she was in a hotel and then there's obviously like proof that they checked out of the hotel, no one has confirmed that that flight has happened and that he was indeed in Florida and that a storage unit was shut down. Um, we only have that timeline. I have to think it happened just because it came from her family um, mm-hmm. compared to like, if it came from his family, I think we had side eye it especially, um, but because it came oh. from her family, I think it happened. And I'm, I'm thinking that the um, investigators just feel it doesn't matter to the case as much at this point, because so there was rumors that it was, he was putting her stuff into storage. And I think if that had been what happened, it would have been a bigger interest because that could have shown some form of premeditation. Um, right. But it's been confirmed, at least from the uncle's source, that it was out of storage. Mm, okay. Interesting. I did not know that. Um, oh, so, and so what kind, to kind of guesstimate on what happened with that, um, his sister gave an interview recently. She cut yes. herself off, but she was like, oh, yes. he does that. He does that when actually I'm not going to say it. And so I have two theories of why he did that flyback. So my first theory is that his parents found out about the incident on the 12th and were like, hey, fly home. Let's get some space between the two of you. Let's wrap up some loose ends like here and then you can fly back, but let's give you guys some space. The other theory I saw, which I think is very interesting based off of the body cam footage, is um, I believe he does have ADHD and the thought is um, that's about three months since his since they were home, and if he's medicated for his ADHD, he has to go back and see a doctor to get his right. prescription refilled. 
you can't mail it because it's a controlled substance and you most states require a paper prescription to go get it um mm. you can't like order it on like drugs or x i think some states allow it but it's like very messy to try to like ship it cross country and so one theory is she was saying that's what he has to do when he has to get his medication Yes, she she's the only family member of the Laundries, if I'm not mistaken, who's or the only person in his immediate family who's spoken out, um, as far as I know. Um, really and yeah, the only person who knows him. Yeah, which is weird. Yeah. It's extremely weird. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna talk about that later because it's just like it, uh, this whole situation is so frustrating from that family side. Um, mm-hmm. So again. Gabby's last post is August 25th and it says happy Halloween and a few of the pictures it's there's seven pictures and a few of them she's holding a like a crochet pumpkin um but I mean this is posted on August 25th who the hell would post happy Halloween uh it's two months before this um do we have a did anybody track down the location of this mural that she's standing in front of yeah so that is in Ogden Utah um, okay it's called the monarch mural I do, we don't know who posted this post. However, um, based off of the initial autopsy report that was released today, they believe she died between the 27th and the 30th. So what I think happened with this post is I work in social media. I think she had pre-scheduled a post via like Hootsuite and Mm -hmm. put the wrong date for it to be posted. And then obviously didn't notice they might not have had service. Um, and didn't realize that this had been posted. That would make sense if, like, she intended on scheduling, yeah, and then accidentally posted it that day instead. Instead of 1028, it got posted, which I know still isn't Halloween, but maybe she was planning to, like, ramp up to the fall. It's close enough, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and so I think, or the other theory is um, he just panic posted whatever was in her draft, and it was a Mm pre-drafted Instagram. Yeah. Um, uh, this is so dark. So it's so dark. So the 25th is the official last day that Gabby's mom spoke to Gabby, but then she did receive a text from Gabby's phone. We won't, we can't confirm that it was from Gabby, but from her phone on August 27th that said, can you help Stan? I just keep getting his voicemails and missed calls. So Stan is Gabby's grandfather. Um, and the reason why this is strange is that Gabby did not refer to her grandfather by his first name. So, like, you know, all of a sudden, that would be very strange. Yeah, and this is the first and like, many steps of why I don't think he's a criminal mastermind that some people are making him out to be. Oh, um, people doing that? Oh, 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 people think... We'll get into, like, bizarre theories that have come out of this. But yes, yeah. people think he is some brilliant criminal mastermind and I do not think so because this is like the first of many slip-ups that he has made and a very god this sounds dark but like a very easy thing that he could have fixed um Mm -hmm. but good on her mom for like noticing right away how weird that text is um because her mom said initially that was like bizarre and I I don't think we know that the mom replied and received a reply back I think yeah I don't I haven't heard anything about that we know they released part of the search warrant and it referenced this text um and it was from a search warrant 
for the van and then yeah. within, so they had to get a search warrant for the van and then they had to get a search warrant for a hard drive within the van. And right. um, the text was like the basis for why they had reason to believe that she was, um, was missing was because of that text. And this like, maybe it was a good time to talk about like the internet and like, I mean, without all the technology, this would have been so much harder. <laughs> like, this is already a very difficult and complicated situation, mostly because of Brian and his family. Well, mm -hmm. entirely because of Brian and his family, but um, it would have been that much harder if not for, like, you know, modern technology. I mean, so many things happened and so many tips came in because of this. I, I just can't believe it. So, like, let's talk about one thing that happened on August 29th. Um, there was a lady on TikTok named Miranda Baker. And she says, I mean, this came out later, that she gave Ryan a ride. She and her boyfriend gave Ryan a ride um, in Grand Teton National Park on the 29th. So... Melanie claims that Brian told her and her boyfriend that he had been camping alone for days and that Gabby was working on their social media page from their van. He said that he only had a tarp to sleep on, something like that. Um, and I, if I'm not mistaken, she spoke to authorities prior to posting that TikTok, but they haven't really been able to confirm that this is fact. Yeah, and it's especially hard now because I think everyone was hoping that when the autopsy was done we would be able to like pinpoint things but unfortunately like the date range is still what everyone was assuming which is the 27th to the 30th um so it like makes it very hard to pinpoint if her story was true I personally think it does sound true um I yeah. think it sounds like he was trying to establish an alibi he even talks about Gabby and says oh my girlfriend's back at the van Right. She's working on her blog. Yep. I'll give you $200. Like, it's yeah. very specific. Um, very strange that he was offering so much money for such a short trip. And yeah. they were like, we don't want your money. And then when they said that they were going to Jackson, he got out and was like, oh, I'm just going to find somebody else to give me a ride. And that was the last time I saw him. Like, he just very quickly left. And they never saw him again. Yeah, and she mentioned she was like, it was weird. He didn't really have a lot of, like, camping stuff with him. Um, it, it's bizarre. And I know some were saying that it gets very cold at night there. So him just having a tarp makes even less sense because it's not really someplace you can just, like, casually sleep outside in just a tarp. Right. Oh, Lord. She also did report that he seemed clean. He didn't smell bad. That he was, like, nice but weird. Like, it was just a weird interaction, but he wasn't, like... Which seems to be, like, how it was with the cops. Like, nice but weird. Seems yeah. to be, like, an ongoing theme. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. Kind of, like, yeah, kind of nervous, but, like, fine. And, and I guess you could have chalked, you know, the nervousness up with the cops up to, like, you're being pulled over by the cops. And, right. um... They did smoke weed. That's very much on both of their Instagrams. So it's like very possible they had weed in the car and it's Utah. Um, mm. And then it's also like, oh, well, he was getting picked up by a hike. Like he was hitchhiking. So you're going to be nervous. But like both of them together, it's like, oh, this seems to be like a common. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, so this is where shit gets weirder. So weird. Uh, so on September 1st, um, Brian returns back to Florida by himself in Gabby's van. Um, this is, I mean, really in terms of August 29th, if we're to believe Melanie, that this seems to be the last time that he was spotted, we've had no, um, the only, the only indication that Brian was in Florida was that there was a license reader, um, off the exit to Northport that flagged Gabby's license and, and the van. Um, where was I going with this? But yeah, it, uh, it's, it's, it's very so, dark. They're uh, like, here's the thing that I was thinking is that like the power of technology and we know you guys that we live, America is a surveillance country. <laughs> there has been no reports of him like stopping for gas uh, for a bite to eat, like in a drive-through or anything like that. This is a, also a 35 hour drive between Teton and Northport. Well, and the, the crazy thing to me about this drive is one, it's 35 hours. That's a very long drive. Um, yes. Someone calculated he would have had to stop roughly about eight times for gas. Mm -hmm. um, two, Ida made landfall on the 29th. And while he could have avoided some of the places hit by Ida, like you can get to Florida either through the South or through the North. Um, mm -hmm that still wrecked havoc with traveling in general um, because people are evacuated. That was causing gas issues. Um, yeah. So it's, and the 36 hours is if you drove like a perfectly ran vehicle as fast as possible. And we know that a van like right. that with gear in the back is going to be slower. Um, but that's a really long drive. But I guess if you're like hyped up on adrenaline, like it's, it's possible. My yeah. theory of why we don't have his whole thing pinpointed, and this is also part of the issue of why this case is so confusing and difficult, is that I think it's a lot of warrants that have to happen. So every gas mm -hmm. station is going to have to be a warrant. Um, yeah. You know, it's multiple jurisdictions. It's now the FBI is handling it, but until very, very, very recently, it was this Northport police department handling it um and then I think the Wyoming and FBI Denver were helping but it's like it's a huge swath of land how many gas stations are in between then and there right. um but depending on not, which direction he went you know right it, how many toll cameras did he go by like but it's still really crazy in my opinion that we have had nothing confirmed between Wyoming and Florida I agree because at this point it's not like it would be, it doesn't seem to me like they would be keeping that because it could possibly be like a hindrance right. in the investigation. Like we know he's in Florida or we know that he went to Florida. Like there's no risk in that, you know? So yeah, it's, it's, I have so many feelings about the Northport police specifically their public information officer that I will be getting into later. Cause he really like, I, if I, it's on site with this man, if I ever see him, and um, they, um, they recently, so you will see a lot of discussion in the internet world about how the Northport police, the reason they're struggling is because they were defunded and we can't defund the police. The reason they were defunded was due to corruption, uh, police officers having dogs bite children, 
Um, it was because of their own doing that they are short on funds for yeah. the record. Like, I mean, the, like, honestly, this could not, it, like, they it could not have been a worse precinct to mm-hmm. handle this magnitude. Like, I can't even with them. But so I, I don't believe that there's really anything that's happening between the first and the 11th, other than the fact that, like, obviously at some point, Gabby's parents realize. That so something happened. So on the tenth, so her dad lives in Florida. On the tenth, her dad had the police do a welfare check at the house, from what I understand, because mm-hmm. he realized the van was there. Um, right. And then um, apparently, some neighbors have come forward and said we've seen him mowing grass. We saw him riding bikes with his family before between the first and the tenth. And I believe one of the police officers confirmed that they saw him but didn't speak to him. But that's like it. That's like that's all we've had. Yeah. Like like that's crazy to me that that's all they've had. Why? It makes no sense. It's so wild. So September 11th, Gabby's family reports her officially missing. And they also say that they believe her whereabouts to be somewhere in Grand Teton National Reserve. Um, and at that point, the police pick up Gabby's van from the laundry family home. So just to put this into perspective, you know, who's to say what happens, but 11 days, 10 days is a long time to get your ducks in a row, (laughs) do whatever you have to do to that van. Um, it's, it's quite a bit of time. It's a significant amount of time. Um, this is obviously not a, a criticism of Gabby's family. Like to me, it makes sense that they could have gone for long periods of time without communicating with her. Even if they, I mean, I know they said that they communicate regularly, but it wouldn't have been like so wild that maybe a week had gone by because of where she is, the nature of what she's doing. Like that to me, isn't that like out of line? Um the other issue is the mom had tried to report her missing earlier, but the cops kept being like, the cops in New York kept saying, well, she's an adult and she's on vacation. So, right. and your daughter is traveling in a place that doesn't have a lot of service. So we can't really report her missing because one, adults are allowed to go no contact. And two, um, we have no proof of concern. Like all they had at the time was a weird text message and a mom being like, this doesn't feel right, which should be taken more seriously but at the same time (laughs) but like people do run from their family and cut off contact so it's like a weird thing to straddle yeah it's a very yeah it's a really fine line of like yeah she's right like she she can go wherever the hell she wanted if she she wanted to without telling anybody and it wouldn't be you know that's not a crime Mm -hmm. Um, so september 14th brian's family releases a statement through their lawyer they say that Brian's not going to be speaking on the advice of his legal counsel. And then they go on to say in a statement, this is understandably an extremely difficult time for both the Petito family and the laundry family. It is our understanding that a search has been organized for Ms. Petito in or near Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming. On behalf of the laundry family, it is our hope that the search for Ms. Petito was successful and that Ms. Petito is reunited with her family. On the advice of the counsel of the laundry family is remaining in the background at this juncture and will have no further comment. Um, so they were claiming the lawyer hired was claiming that, um, you know, uh, Brian had invoked his Fifth Amendment rights. 
Um, and I mean, this gets into like the wild thing about Florida law and Florida in general is that in many other states, you can have people come in for questioning without convicting them of anything. But in Florida, somebody has to be arrested or there has to be like some sort of formal, uh, you know, allegation for them to even question you. Like it's, they could not force him. Yeah. And so it's, it's complicated. Um, On one hand, the fifth amendment is very important and innocent people have gone to jail because they've said the wrong thing to a cop. Um, So it's like, that's very important but at the same time it's frustrating because i believe in florida once someone is arrested you have 48 hours before you have to bring them in front of a a a judge for charges um and so it starts like a clock essentially of you have to start to get everything together which doesn't make a lot of sense to me um but i also get why it's right to a speedy trial etc etc um, but in a case like this, it's like very frustrating because he was only a person of interest at the time because right. it seems the cops weren't comfortable without a body or some proof that she is dead um, to take that next step. Yeah, um, it, it's just so frustrating. Like, that's the only way I can describe this case. It's just like, this is frustrating. Like, and I think that's why it whipped a lot of people up into a frenzy is it's like he's just sitting there he's sitting there and like he knows where she is and like why can't you make him tell us or why can't you talk to the family and it's because legally he was only a person of interest and not a suspect um like their hands are tied do I think there was ways around this yes there always are there always or else nothing would ever get solved in Florida like do you know what I mean yeah, um, exactly. I don't know. Yeah, and, and it's it's very frustrating because in other cases, they are very happy to use statistics as proof. But in this case, where a woman is missing and her boyfriend, fiance, significant other returns without her, and it's 99.9% of the time we know how this ends, they weren't willing to use that statistic. Yeah, and and to build on to that, his lawyer kind of used that as a reason for him not speaking. So he's, uh, the family releases a statement. Brian's family releases a a statement on the 14th. On the 15th is the day that he was officially listed as a person of interest, which as we all know at this point means nothing in terms of like getting any answers unless he wanted to tell them. Um, And like I said, Brian's lawyer said that he advised Brian not because, like you said, intimate partners are often the focus of um, interest when these situations happen. And, and yeah, he basically just used that as a reason to get out of it, which, again, is another incredibly frustrating situation, given what we know now. Yes, agreed. Um, and in between the 1st and the 10th, Gabby's parents were texting Brian's parents, being like, hey, have you heard mm-hmm. from them? We haven't heard from Gabby. We're getting worried. Like, can you let us know if you hear from them? And the whole time, Gabby's van is in front of their house. And he's home without yeah. her. And they're not saying anything. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, I mean, to, like, add to the level of, of frustration for her parents or from her parents, like, they had had Gabby living in their house for over a year. Like, you would think that the people who were closest to her, like physically closest to her, would have some investment in her well-being and have some investment in like understanding where her family is coming from and not completely stonewall them. Like it's the ultimate betrayal, you know, <laughs> like it, it's, you would have had to hook me up to like some super, super morphine. I don't know how her parents were able to get through this time period. It seems crazy making but truly um so on the 16th gabby's family releases a letter to the laundry family basically begging them to cooperate and they say we understand that you guys are going through a difficult time and your instinct is to protect your son um but we ask you to put yourselves in our shoes we haven't been able to eat or sleep and our lives are falling apart please if you and your family has any decency left please tell us where gabby's located Tell us if we're even looking in the right place. All we want her to do is come home. Please help us make that happen. Um, this was a joint statement between the family and uh, law enforcement and the chief of police for Northport. Uh, Todd Garrison also spoke out and said two people went on a trip. One person returned and that person that returned isn't providing us any information. Um, it, yeah, it, it's just sickening. Absolutely sickening. <laughs> It's one of those things where it's like, legally, everything they're doing is fine, but mm-hmm. morally, it sucks. Like, it yes. sucks. It's so fucking awful. Like, it's, like, I, I cannot even imagine, like, how Gabby's parents were feeling. Um, I think they showed a lot of restraint during this, um, because I think I would have marched to that house and banged on their door. And yeah. probably ripped it down with my bare hands. Like, yeah, yeah. I I, I would have gotten a gas can and just like the biggest thing of matches and been like, yeah, it, talk to me or click click, baby. I got this big lighter waiting. Okay. It's like, I, 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 don't like, I have I have nothing to lose at this time. Like so. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, it's it's incredible the amount of restraint this family has had. Um, so that was Thursday, September 16th on Friday, September 17th. If you thought things didn't get wilder, it was like something happened every five minutes. So we start off like 
people start posting up outside of the laundry home. Uh, like people who are interested parties, not family members, just like people who know about the story and are pissed that the laundries are not communicating or participating. Um, So at that point, police show up. I'm watching this live stream of them outside the house. You know, yes, it's typical single woman on a Friday night eating chicken and watching crime. Um, So the police are there. There's not really a whole lot going on. I mean, it's very confusing as to what's happening. Um, Then we find out that... Um, Brian's parents, the police came because Brian's parents were reporting him missing. And not only was he missing, but they had not seen him for several days. So this goes into my frustration with the Northport police who had been doing uh, statements saying that they knew his location, even up to the date of the 16th, they said that they knew exactly where he was. Like very confidently in a press conference, uh-huh. they stood up there and they were like, we know exactly where he is. Which exactly. At the time, I was like, okay, does his lawyer have him in, like, a safe house? Because people are in front of their house. Right. Um, You know, I guess that makes sense. Again, it was very bizarre, in my opinion, that we hadn't seen any footage of him, like, out and about his house. Like, that we hadn't seen, you know, anything like that. No. Mm -hmm. Apparently, that was just a lie. An out-and-out lie. Um, this is where my enemy, Josh Taylor, who uh, joined the city of the Northport police as the public information officer in 2015. And I think it's notable to say that he joined in 2015. This man has been at this job speaking on behalf of like things that happened for six years now, six, six. Okay. So I'm watching this, um, reporting and there's this guy, named J.D. Buno, who's talking about what's going on. He's been, like, my trusted source throughout all of this. And he, his job is sort of, it's not like your typical reporter. So he is doing, like, the social media stuff. He's talking about what's happening. He's sharing the facts. And on top of that, he's doing the social media aspect of taking uh, comments from Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, what have you. So once this whole thing comes out about them not knowing where he was and that he's missing, you know, a lot of the natural instinct is being like, um, what the fuck? This police department just said that they knew where he was. And now we're finding out that they have not had eyes on him at all (laughs) and that the parents have not seen him in days. Um, So he's talking about that. And then he gets news like, hey, Josh Taylor of the North Coast Police is calling in. He wants to talk to us. And so they patch him in and Josh Taylor decides to spend his time after this case just blew wide open with a whole bunch of bullshit to talk to this man about how he should not be focusing on Facebook comments and that they're doing the best job that they can and we don't need people criticizing us and that's not what we do here and it's not helping and they're trying so hard even though you lied you lied i i but i was watching this guy is like he like he graduated magna cum laude from like the police academy for fuck like i don't know what this guy's problem is and he doesn't stop he doesn't stop he's 
I, I never, like, how do you have a job where you're supposed to talk to the public? And on the day that it's reported that you guys had a really bad fuck up, you want to talk, you want to get into a fight with a newscaster about Facebook comments? Like, really? <laughs> really? And, like, how did we not see a resignation the next day? How did oh. we not have his resignation letter the next day? That is what's baffling to me. Like, yeah. you just, police department embarrassed itself, but you just embarrassed it, like, even more. Like, you just embarrassed the county, the state, like, nuts, nuts that we didn't get anything from that. That it, he was just able to just be stitched in and run his mouth. Unbelievable. So, um... The police start their search for Brian. So what they said was that they had not seen him since September 14th. He told them that he was going to um, this place called Carlton Reserve, a place that he had hiked several times. He was familiar with the area that he left and that he left on the 14th. They went to the reserve on the 15th. They no, picked on up the, on this. 16th they said they went to the reserve because that's important okay they claim so he went missing on a tuesday they claim they went on the thursday to find him found the car with a tow notice so they brought the car back however because we were all watching a live stream of their house we know it was back on wednesday correct so there's this guy named brian enton who's on twitter at his name brian enton great stuff stuff. he's really like on the ground in the most literal way and so the reason why we found out about this car coming back is that he started reporting from outside the laundry house on wednesday and he has he posted footage of them showing up like wednesday night the car the mustang is not there and then they show it later it's still not there and then it all of a sudden it comes back on thursday very strange so if these parents didn't want to be known as sketchy um they maybe should not have picked up the car from where they say that their son was last found because who the fuck would take the car if they don't know where he is why would you do that why would you do that's like another piece of like why i don't think these people are criminal masterminds because in my opinion, if you were going to try to get away with this murder, he could have left the van in Wyoming, flown home because they broke up, and mm-hmm. said, I left her there with the van, and then, right. you know, it would have been a lot muddier about what happened. Um, and then in this right. instance, wouldn't have it just made sense for the car to have gotten towed? Exactly. Like, why would you, if you thought that he was there... If you thought there was even a 1% chance that he was still there, you would leave the car because how else would he get home? Like it, it, and, yeah. and, if you, and if you were trying to like buy him time to let him go on the run, like wouldn't you have let the car get got towed? So then you could be like, oh my God, like he went hiking and he hasn't come back and now the car's gotten towed. Like, do, do you know right. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. getting yeah. the car is just like such a bizarre thing for them to get caught in a lie on and like such a bizarre choice like I I don't know not that I'm trying to give someone like how to get away with murder but like come on like you really didn't think that was going to be weird or suspicious and you didn't think like like their across the street neighbor literally set up a tent 
to watch their house and is letting journalists use their Wi-Fi. Right. And, like, stay under the tent. You don't think someone would have noticed? Right. People have been posted up inside your house for days now. Like, what were you guys thinking? It, it, it seems so obvious. And not even, like, in a hindsight thing. It just seems like in the moment you would think, oh, don't you think it would be weird that we would have taken the car? Like, duh. <laughs> Hello. And, and, like, the argument that's being made is it's only a two-mile walk from the house to the park. And so the thought is like, oh, he could have walked home, but it's like, that's still, we- that's still weird. You were going to let him, <laughs> also like he's the most wanted man in Florida right now and you were just going to let him walk home. Right. And, and that's the other thing is like, why would they have even let him leave in the first place? Like if I were his parents and he left and he was just like, okay, um, be back later. I'm going to go with the backpack and go hiking. I'd be like, no, the fuck you're not. <laughs> First he's gonna of all. Go ki- like, he's going to go kill himself. Yeah. I feel like, like that would have, because that's like, like, when it first happened, I was like, okay, like, maybe they are genuinely concerned because he's missing and he's in this investigation and they genuinely think he killed himself. But then, like, the fuckery with the timeline of the car came out and I was like all right guys all right yeah you would not I would not have been able to like let this my son out of my sight I would have been calling every 15 minutes because it's not even just like yeah like he could have harmed himself but it's also just like what if somebody saw him and was like hey dude we're gonna beat your ass like there's so many other things that could have happened that like I, I just don't understand how you would have let that guy out of your sight unless you already had a plan. It just doesn't make sense to me. It does not make sense. Um, so the September 18th is the day that the Northport police begin their search for Brian at Carlton Reserve. Um, and we want to go back to Josh Taylor. On the day one of the search, he does this, you know, like report. So they're at the field or at the reserve. All the authorities are out there and their ATVs and whatnot, cars, you know, the whole shebang. And he's doing this like little conference and he's already like in a little snit and he's like, you know, doesn't want to answer a whole bunch of questions. He gives like, you know, the news of like, we haven't found him. Nothing's happened. What have you. So a reporter asks him if the department was at all concerned that the parents may have been throwing them off the scent um, by saying, you know, oh, he was last seen in the park. Um, do you like, do you think that this might be just something that they said to buy a few days? And his response was, I'll leave speculation to you guys, but I don't know. I've never had a missing child in my life, but I think you get to the point of concern, whether it's a day, two days, three days. I think it depends on the individual and the circumstances. Remember, Gabby's par- with Gabby's parents, it was a significant amount of time before they became concerned. So let me just break that down. They're asking him about whether or not they feel like his parents are being honest. And his response is that Gabby's parents took a lot of time, a significant, in his words, amount of time before reporting. So maybe it wasn't that weird that they didn't say anything. What? <clears throat> Literally, like, it, the question had nothing to do with Gabby. 
So don't bring her up and don't be like, it, it sounds like, like victim blaming of being like, oh, well, they took their sweet ass time reporting her missing. So like, maybe it's not that weird that like Brian's parents didn't like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you guys. Yeah. I um, hate And I guess my thing is, even if he wasn't a suspect, you really mean to tell me you guys couldn't like follow him and do like kind <clears throat> stuff? Like, yeah. How is there not like one detective who's like half a block away just checking things out? Not one. I guess like, and it's part of dark humor to save money on overtime. They didn't hire someone to tail him, and now they have to spend a lot of money on a big search. So like, seriously. <laughs> You know what I mean? But it's like, yeah, his parents are just being very cold is the only way I can describe it. Like it's, it's cold and it's mean. And we know Gabby's parents were trying to like locate her before then. So it's not like they were just sitting on their butts for two weeks before they reported her missing. Like they tried. They, They did try. And it's disgusting to even like suggest otherwise. Um, so, Lord, um, so they searched, the Northport police searches the Carlton Reserve the 19th and the, tw- uh, excuse me, the 18th and the 19th, and on the 19th, it is uh, found out that they found a body consistent with the description of Gabby at the Bridger Teton Park. Um, yeah, it's, that I thought was like interesting wording that they said it was like consistent with her. Like, I've just never heard, like I've heard in situations where they don't want to like confirm because they don't know like a hundred percent or they, they probably know like 90% of it's this person. I don't know. I just thought the wording was very interesting. I'd never heard that before. So I think based off of some interviews that other forensic people have given since then, I think the reason they said that is because I think they had a hard time identifying her um, yeah. on site because from what we understand, we don't know if she was buried or not, um, but the speculation is that a, a news crew says that they flew over and saw her when they found her and that she was just out in the open for a couple weeks. And so right. I think it was one of those things where it's like legally, like we really, like we know it's her, but like legally we can't come yeah because it's like there's no one else matching her description missing from that area um and what caused them to look in that area is that youtube video dash cam footage yes yes um and so i don't know if you want to talk about that Um, yeah yeah um so Okay, I'm seeing now that half of my notes are gone. Very cool. Very chill. I'll, I'll, I'll touch on it. Um, so <laughs> there is a family of, like, they're like a small blogging family. Yes. Um, and it's a couple, and they're red, white, and bethune is what they're called. And mm-hmm. they turned over dash cam footage that they had had. They were driving through the park. Um, they saw a white van with Florida plates, and they were from Florida. And so they had stopped to see if those people were there or they'd like slowed down and they saw that it was abandoned and they were like oh that's a shame we wanted to you know it's crazy we're in Wyoming and like there's another Florida, Floridian yeah. yeah and so um 
they turned over that dash cam footage, I believe it was from the 28th and the 27th. Um, 27th. And so that was able to pinpoint where the van was because prior to that, um, they were very worried they weren't going to find her without him because they were going to have to search the entire park, which from what I understand is the size of Luxembourg or half the yeah. size of DC to put into yeah. perspective. Um, and the hard thing is even with the cell phone pings, from what I understand, um, they were able to get some data from her phone, but they don't physically have her phone. Um, yeah. And the cell phone pings in areas like that are harder to pinpoint because there's only one cell tower for a huge right. area. Right. Um, and so I really think without that footage, I don't, I think they still would have been combing the park looking for her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, it w- I can't imagine it would have taken possibly months to find her. Um, and like I said, like, I mean, we have to, I mean, obviously they were, they were able to officially confirm that that was her body and they are viewing this as a homicide as of like a few hours ago. Mm -hmm. Um, um, yeah. So to go back to the Bethunes, they said that they saw the van around six or six 30 parked off to the side. Like you said, they, had the thought of like talking to them or reaching out because they noticed the Florida tags and were like, Hey, you know, Hey bestie, it's us. Um, so then they said like it, it was abandoned. They thought it was kind of weird. Um, they saw it again later, but you know, they didn't see anybody. There's been like theories about how, if you look at the video, you can see a, uh, uh, the back door, one of the back doors closing, and you can see flip flop on the ground. Yeah, I did notice the sandals. I I looked at that video multiple times and didn't notice the, the door closing, but that's neither it, here nor there at this point. I saw it in like a slowed down version of it. Um, mm. There was another one where it's like you could see a face, but I'm pretty sure that was confirmed to just be like weird reflections. What I yeah. do think is sadly beautiful about the situation is that. The Bethunes had a six-year-old die in a car accident on September 19th, 2010. And September 16th was his, would have been his 17th birthday. And like every year on his birthday, they try to do something nice in his honor. And it Mm. just so happened that that day was the day they turned in the footage. That's wild. Isn't that? And so it's like, it's a very like, oh, like that's a, a weirdly sweet moment in all of this awfulness. Um, yeah, bittersweet for sure. Yeah. Um, but the footage really is where they were able to pinpoint. And then she was found, I believe, 900 feet from there. Yeah. Um, that's wild. Yeah. Which again, like, not a criminal mastermind. Right. Like, if they just found her, like, an open, like, if they were able to see her, like, uh, that's wild. And you're right, like, it probably would have been harder for them to pinpoint that it was her because we have to believe, I mean, if he came back on the first, that's at least three weeks that she, her body would have been there, you know? Um, and yeah, I mean, give it the heat, the weather, who knows if it rained at some point, I'm sure that, you know, so many elements could have come at play to like, you know, yeah. make it harder to, to identify her. I am, um, I am relieved for her family in this way of that yeah. they at least have this closure. 
obviously as of right now we don't know how the case is going to end if it's going to go to trial um if they're going to find him alive or dead um but at least they got this you know yeah yeah um so as of now unless something has changed i i don't brian's not a suspect not officially has not been officially labeled as a suspect he's still go ahead I'm confused by that, to be honest, because they've since announced that it is homicide. Yeah. I, I have to wonder, there is something like a sealed warrant. So I guess it is possible yeah. that they do have a sealed warrant for him and they're trying not to spook him. According to the internet, like five minutes ago on a police scanner, someone matching his description was found trying to get into an apartment in near Northport. Um mm-hmm. And he's in custody, but like we don't know. There's been a lot of fake Brian sightings. He's uh, yeah, a lot. Very, very basic looking. Um, yeah, that's the thing. It's like he's not remarkable whatsoever. <laughs> like he's, uh, yeah. I mean, and and the thing is, like he's bald, and you can tell he's also balding. Like he's mm-hmm. chosen to change his hair, but you can see that there's, uh, you know, a, an actual bald situation happening. But like, there have been so many pictures of him. Somebody posted like six different pictures of him where he, I mean, he can clearly still grow his hair out if he wanted to. He could have a beard. He could shave the beard. He could, and this is what um, JB brought up. A g- excellent point is like now we're living in the age of masks. He could easily just be out here in these streets in a hat, glasses, wearing a mask, and nobody would be any the wiser. Like, yeah. I mean, outside of like he has like hand tattoos, but other than that, he could just be any white dude anywhere. Yeah. Um. And I do think they're going to find him in the U.S. just because right now travel out of the country is very difficult. Yeah. You know, it's it's hard to get into Canada. It's it can be hard to get into Mexico. Um, so I don't think he fled the country just because of COVID restrictions. Like you, it's like hard to get on a plane right now, you uh-huh. know? And so I, I do think he's still in the States. Um, but like, obviously every time I feel confident on something, this case completely changes. So like, who knows for all we know, he's somewhere, but yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's so scary. Like, I do believe that if they believe, if they thought he was out of the country, I mean, obviously they wouldn't be searching that like 24,000 acre plot of land if they thought he was not in the area. (laughs) Like, there must be something that leads them to believe. I mean, it could just be the tip that the parents gave them and they're just like, that's all we have. Doing whatever because that's all they have. Um, Yeah. Because the park is big, but it's like mostly swampland. And yes. while, like, obviously gators are concerned, like, bugs, snakes, like, I, and I will say this, I do not think he is the rugged outdoorsman they are trying to sell us on. Um, I don't either. I, I don't think we're looking for Bear girls here. Um, and It's also worth noting that it's been raining, so, like, whatever swampland it is that uh, uh, Carlton Reserve is normally, like, it's even worse now. Yeah, and I know that was part of the issue. I think they had to call off the search two days ago because of, like, the storms. Um, It's Florida, so it's, like, always storming. Um, I do have to say, like, if this person they do have in custody is him, like, I can't believe he didn't leave Northport. Right. (laughs) Like, genuinely shocked 
that he had this much of a time to get away and you stayed you again like that criminal mastermind like I think just idiot who kills someone like I don't even want to call him an idiot because I feel like that's like too kind but like do you know what I mean like it's just really like I don't know um so her her family um I do want to discuss like the internet aspect of all of this a bit more. Yes. Yes. I definitely... the... Let's talk about Cassie real quick, the sister before we oh, get yeah. Cause she's the only person, like I said earlier, the only person from the laundry family or the immediate family that said anything. She did an interview, I think with ABC. She was really nice. I mean, she said that she has a relationship with Gabby that Gabby was uh, that Gabby and Brian would send postcards to their travels to her um, kids and that uh, Gabby was really close to her kids and that she hopes for the best. Obviously this was several days before they found out um, what happened. Um, But she also, like you said, said some interesting things. Like she almost gave away that Brian has a tendency to possibly fly back home or, or they, they, that this, she did say for sure that like, this is not abnormal that them fighting, separating, taking some time off and like reconnecting was something that they did pretty often. It seemed like, um, and yeah, she did stop herself when she said that Brian like flies or has to fly, but she, uh, she was really vague about that. Um, she said, she also mentioned that they called off the engagement. I can't remember if it was her or Gabby's mom that like the engagement had been called off but then they told the cops that they were engaged and going to get married. Like, it doesn't see. And then Gabby's one friend said the only friend that's spoken has talked about, like, him slapping her and taking her ID. So it's very clear that, like, a violent, high-tension relationship was what they had. For sure. Definitely. And what else did Cassie say that was of note? She, oh, she, I mean, she said that she spoke to the authorities she had not seen Brian since he allegedly came to Florida. She's like, I don't know where he is. I haven't talked to him. I don't know what's going on with that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that was any, uh, the last thing of note from her. Um, her, she's house, like, her house got searched by the police, but I think they were tracking to see if she was hiding him because they yeah. weren't there for very long. Right. And yeah. It sounds she, like she let them in. Yeah, that she spoke to them, but it wasn't for very long. Um, the the how the FBI did come to raid the laundry's house a couple days ago. They did take the Mustang. Um, they took out several boxes worth of stuff. Um, they did take the parents out of the home for a brief period of time, but it seemed my guess would be like they took something that they didn't want them to see and were just like, okay, you can come back in. Um, I think part of it is. I don't think they let you stay in your residence while they're searching it because they don't want like you to turn around and like grab a gun and kill them. Um, And I, I don't, I think warrants have to be very specific for what they're looking for from what I understand. So I think they knew what they were looking for, like the parents did. Um, But part of what made this difficult was everything has to be like an individual warrant. Like I said, they had the van, but they couldn't search the hard drive without a separate warrant for the hard drive. They couldn't, like, right. you have to, like, specify when you go in with a warrant, or you're supposed to. 
Um, you have to like specify like we're opening drawers or we're going into kitchen cabinets. Um, and I do think they were also bringing Gabby's stuff out. Yes. Yeah. I have to imagine they took a bunch of her stuff out. I would hope. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so just dropped the um, guy who there was a witness statement from the guy who saw Gabby and Brian fighting on August 12th just dropped. Um, I'm going to try to read it, but it's in, you know, a guy's handwriting, which is chicken scratch. Um, so he says at approximately 4:30 PM, I arrived at Moonflower uh, while standing on the South side of the street. I observed a man and woman appear to have some sort of dispute. They were talking aggressively at each other and something seemed off. At one point, they were sort of fighting over a phone. I think he, um, I, I don't know what this word is. I think he may have taken the female's phone. It appeared that he didn't want her in the white van he got into. Um, he got into the driver's seat and she followed him. At one point, she was punching him in the arm. And I, I cannot see what this, he was trying to do something. I, I can't, but then she said, she, Climbed over, in or over him, and over to the passenger seat. I heard her say, why do you have to be so mean? I wasn't sure how serious this was. It was hard to tell if they were sort of play fighting, but from my point of view, something definitely didn't seem right. It was as if the guy was trying to leave her and maybe take her phone? Question mark. Not sure, but um, wanted to help her out. Um, and it said another person had called this in. And then he left the store and then he noticed the police officer and gave him his contact information. So, yeah, so that's, where the, that's where the two witnesses thing came in because, yeah. yeah. So he wasn't the one that called 911 and his statement is a lot vaguer than I think we mm -hmm. were under the impression it was. Yeah. Um, because he even says like, oh, she was hitting him, but like also like, I don't think like it doesn't look like she started it I guess is like the best way right. to put it um, yeah and she had talked to the cops about how she was afraid he was gonna leave without her um and I know for a while that was like a running theory of like did he just ditch her in the woods and then yeah, come back and she was gone yeah, when he spoke to police, he said something about, like, how he didn't have service on his phone, and he was afraid that she was going to leave him, and he was, like, trying to keep the peace with her because he didn't want to be left out there with, like, no access to anything. So that was a weird moment. I know a lot of people got hung up on it because he told the cops, I don't have a phone, and then, like, suddenly had a phone, and it seemed like no one freaked out. Um, I know you and I discussed this, um, but I mm -hmm. think it was one of two scenarios, either based off of Gabby freaking out that he needs a phone charger at the end um and like she really stressed it I think either the phone was dead or he tells the cops the cop is like I'll go get your phone from the car and he goes no it's in a weird place and the cop goes with him to get it so I think what he was trying to tell the cops in like a very bad way was like I don't have a phone on me mm -hmm. I have a phone but some people were like he didn't he claimed he didn't have a phone so why does he suddenly have a phone and I think it was just like a weird in this, in the moment, it made sense to everyone there, but like to an outsider, yeah. it was a very weird scene. Right. Um. So yeah, let's get into the social media of it all because I mean, this, 
situation so frustrating. And I have not felt this level of frustration since, or really before last year with Naya Rivera, when people were going out in droves and being like, hey guys, um, authority just flooding the Twitter and flooding all their social media, like calling the police station line, like clogging up the systems, telling them to, hey, um, we did, we saw land and we're looking at the shore, like the last place that she was found. And there's this little cabin that's about 50 feet away from the shore. Um, why don't you guys check that cabin as if these people aren't the authorities on how to find people? Like, do you guys honestly think that they wouldn't have checked this piece of property right next to the closest, the last, her last location? Like, People really are doing this, like, they're so horny to be, like, the next fucking Bobsy Twins or Encyclopedia Brown solving a case. And it's really, like, it takes away from the integrity of the situation, and people really got to chill the fuck out. I know with Reddit especially, um, the sub for it is very weird, and I believe, in my humble opinion, that after what happened with the Reddit Boston bomber incident. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the admin stepped it very, very early with the Gabby sub because the mods had to be extremely strict of what was being posted and people were getting furious. Um, For those who don't know, um, the infamous we did it Reddit during the Boston bombing was that they wrongly accused, they tried to, Reddit tried to solve the case themselves. Wrongly accused a missing man who eventually was found dead by his own hand um but they claimed that he was the one that did it uh, it got published everywhere it was so much stress for this man's family and he had been missing for or he had been dead for like two weeks before the boston bombing happened it caused the police to release who the boston bombers were too early that led to um like everything that happened when they caught the bombers a police officer was killed in the process like it created a clusterfuck. And if you're ever on Reddit, there's always someone commenting, we did it, Reddit. And it's like to make fun of that moment. Um, mm-hmm. So they had to be very careful. And the other thing people have to remember is that why the fuck would the FBI and the investigators tell us everything they know? If I can read it yeah. on Reddit, so could he. Yeah. Like you have to work under the assumption that if I'm reading it, so is the person they're trying to catch. We all have a smartphone in our pocket. Um, And my favorite was, of course, did they think to use a thermal camera when looking for him? Like, they were, they had freaking, like, police tanks looking for him. I think, like, I think they knew you could use a thermal camera. Um, Or did they think to pull her phone records? Yeah, I think they knew to pull the phone records. Like, like, right now, I just see a tweet from a half an hour ago, somebody tweeting at Brian Entered. Did the FBI check the attic for Brian? No, I bet they didn't, you bitch. <laughs> what do you mean? My favorite, <laughs> like, there was one where they were like, do you think he's, they have, like, a camper van, like a Winnebago-type camper van, and someone right. like, do you think he's in the camper van? <laughs> no, he'd be dead. It's Florida in August <laughs> or September. Like, we would uh, see if it was running the AC, or he'd be dead. Like, Right, like, do you think... Like, we would have seen, like, pee fall out of the side of it at some point. Like, do you really think that he just posted up in the driveway for days when people have been keeping watch on him on this house 24-7? I mean, honestly, like, I know, like, half of these people are, like, they're, you know, they're trying, but it's also, like, 
you guys, like, really think about whether or not you think the you're smarter than the FBI and that they went through that whole house and didn't check the attic. Like, and I know, you I know this case makes it feel easy to because of how much the Northport police fucked up. Yeah. But I do trust the FBI in this type of situation. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. this is where... And then the other frustrating thing I had um, was, so for instance, um, there was a lot of talk about her phone and what they could get from her phone. And unfortunately, she has an iPhone and Apple won't even let the federal government yeah. search for search phones of terrorists. They won't unlock it. And there mm-hmm. has been other murder cases that have been stonewalled by Apple for this reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's not that easy. We can't hack into her iCloud and get that information. Um the other frustration that I've been dealing with, I've been personally dealing with, um, which is going to be ironic with my next sentence, is a lot of people have made this case about them in a very weird way. And so you many. see this a lot. You see this a lot in the internet where people are like, I have been up high for days over this case. And it's like, have you? Like, really? Because one, like, you're an asshole for, like, making that up if you have. And two, if you are, like, you really need to step away. And, like, Seriously, like, take a break. Take a like, breather. This is, take a walk. Yeah, this is not about you. Like, and, and you see a lot of that. Um, And I think the documentary on Netflix, Don't Fuck With Cats, mm-hmm. really, really increased the amount of online um, yep. sleuths. Yep. Um, because that was framed as if that plucky little Facebook group uh, solved the case, but actually, like, the guy gave them their name because he was bored and they weren't working fast enough. And then the French police solved it on their own. Um, right. So, like, you guys really didn't. But I think people really love the idea of inserting themselves into the case and being part of it. And even those who were, like, protesting outside of his house, it was kind of like a... I kind of feel like you're doing this for yourself. You just want to go yell at something. And like, I get it. We all want to go yell at things right now. And this is a very easy, righteous thing to go yell at. Um, yeah. If I had know, a bolt, please, please. I would be doing, I'd be annoying the hell out of everybody. Please. Right. Exactly. Um, but it's like, so the Reddit have been going through a very unfortunate situation. Um, so one, the incels of Reddit have grasped onto this case. Which has led to up until like probably 30 minutes ago when everything was kind of confirmed with her body, a lot of like, well, she was actually the violent one. So he maybe killed her in self-defense. Maybe he just left her there and someone else killed her. Um, Maybe she committed suicide. Is she doing this for internet followers? Which could have been a viable theory the first 24 hours. You get like... 24 hours for that to work and then you become hated once you're found mm-hmm. like so like no problem and they were suggesting that like up till like her body was found and it was like okay it's now been two weeks like I don't think this is a viral marketing scam um right you know so the incel community has found it which is difficult um there's also been a lot of dif- of rightful discussion about missing white woman syndrome Yes. Um, how we as a nation are obsessed with um, missing beautiful white women, which Gabby was. Um, and, you know, people have been pointing out 710 indigenous people, including mostly women, have been missing from that same area for yes. the past decade, it, I think. 
I'm going to be putting that link in the description of this as well. It's a really great article about, yeah, all of, like, honestly, like, you know, it, it bummed me out to think this, but like, you know, like we all have our dark spots, but honestly, before even seeing that link to the article, I was like, gosh, I cannot recall a time where I've ever heard of a missing indigenous person. Never. Ever. And even like, I think about like, so like the John JonBenet Ramsey case is like a very famous case or Madeline McCann that people are obsessed mm-hmm. with. But then you have like Asha Degree who was the same age and she was just a little black girl and she literally went missing off the streets. Like, and yeah. unless you're like deep in like the true crime world, like that case you don't know anything about. But I could like stop anyone on the streets and ask them who killed John Benet Ramsey. Like oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. And so so anyway, so that discussion had been coming up a lot on the Reddits, which of course turned into why do you always have to bring race into it? Um, which made um the far right really double down on this case in one of either an incel way or we have to find Gabby way. Um and then you also had like the bar stool Reddit was brigading. Or like, oh, I know. Um, man, oh, I hate Barstool. Um, but they were brigading to like talk about Brian's innocence. Um, you had people falsely identifying Brian, and those are all like innocent people who's just their biggest crime is being a bald man in America right now. Right. Um, yeah. So those photos were getting posted. There was like one right after he was reported missing, and they were like, "I saw this in the neighborhood." And it was just, like, a guy casually walking down the street. And it's, like, there's no way he's just, like, strolling one street over. Yeah, like, like, the picture of the phone picture, like, okay, guys, like, I know we all want to be heroes here. But, like, let's curb our enthusiasm and our bloodlust a little bit and really, like, look at the big picture of what's happening here. Um, And I think my other thing that I think people struggle with when it's, like, a live time like we're watching is Mm -hmm. um you don't want the police breaking any laws to solve the case for multiple reasons like the most famous is like it's called fruit of a poisonous tree where if you illegally obtain evidence um you obviously cannot submit that evidence and it taints any other legitimate evidence um so if you want this if he is caught and he goes to trial like you really want this case done the best way possible so that he isn't found not guilty and then can't be tried again. That was a real fear before they found her body of um, there's something called like the CSI effect where um, juries are biased towards forensic evidence over circumstantial. And so Mm -hmm. without a body, you like really don't want to bring the case. Um, You're seeing it with like the Kristen smart case, another infamous beautiful white girl missing um, where they've basically known who's done it. I think for 20 years now she's been missing since the 90s and just last month they finally were able to arrest them because they found DNA evidence in the backyard um but it's like it's very hard to bring a case without the body you don't want them to get off on a technicality or on an appeal you don't want like the juries to be like the jury pool to be difficult I can't even imagine what it is like to try to find a jury for cases like this Uh um and so people were getting frustrated that we're not getting that you can't binge this case like a Netflix series and that we can't go to the next episode and find out what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're frustrated that the cops aren't releasing more information. And it's like, well, because again, 
I have it. Like, they'll have it. And also, like, when it does go to trial, his lawyer, if it will have all of the evidence because of discovery, you can't, like, just, like, surprise someone with, like, evidence. Um, So it is fascinating to me how the true crime community, like, doesn't understand crime, I guess, is the best way to put it. No, I agree. Like, when I was watching the Richard Ramirez documentary, they were discussing and what was that like the 80s talking about how like it had come out that he had had this particular shoe that had only he'd been wearing a shoe that had only been sold like to a couple people like and they had the footprint the shoe print and then it came out in the press and to the public and everybody found out and then he switched shoes and then how many people died because that information went out right exactly or um like right now they're all saying oh well there was like a really awful version of like telephone about one of the books he was reading. It was like a Chuck Palahniuk book, which he wrote Fight Club. So that tells you like this genre. Um, and so he had been reading all of those books and posting about it on Instagram. And someone had said it was about a serial killer going on like a cross country killing spree. Like that's not really what the plot is about. And to be honest, like if we arrested every person who read a Chuck Palahniuk book, like I don't think there'd be any white males between the ages of 17 and 30 in the U.S. Um, right. It's not that crazy that he was reading that book. Um, And so it's like things like that where it's like not everything is a clue. um, And we can't, like, for instance, like, so there was like a downed tree by where their van was found. And there was what looked like a row of photos attached to it. And the rumor was started that they were ultrasound photos and that um, it was a pregnancy announcement. And that because oftentimes like the most dangerous time for a woman besides when she returns to an abuser is if she finds out she's pregnant um and so because it's like very a very common time unfortunately to get murdered um so the theory was like that's why he murdered her and then Mm. and evidence like evidence markers were on that so people were like oh my god they took it at its evidence that must be what it is and it's like do you really think for a month ultrasound photos have just sat on the side of the road like that and no one else has noticed right and the people who caught the dash cam footage would have noticed it was ultrasound photo like like things like that where it's like if you just take like a step back right this makes i'm pretty sure they were trail markers watch like it's gonna turn out to be freaking ultrasound photos because i said that um but i'm pretty sure they were trail markers um but yeah it's like so it, it's been a very weird thing to watch on Reddit go down. And, like, the theories um, have been bizarre. Um, there's, like, team, teams that were formed. And, and like, part of it is, like, like, we don't want the FBI legally bugging their house. Right. We don't want that. And then, like, someone was like, well, can't they Baker Act him? And make him go into an institution and then get him to talk that way. And it's like, mm. we really fucking don't want Florida police abusing the Baker Act. Like, we don't want to set that precedent. We don't want to encourage that. Um, like, it sucks. Like, it sucks so much that, like, it felt like hands were tied. But it's like, at the other side of it, you don't want them abusing power. Like, do you know what I mean? And it's hard because it's, like, the one time that, like cops feel useful is like in an investigation so to like really watch them bungle this big time is like good job guys this was like the one justification people had for you um right 
you know? And so I, I don't know, like it's, it's been odd to watch, um, watching missing white woman syndrome in his real time is weird. I also saw like a comparison of like, is this case bigger than OJ? No. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there now. This no. case would only be as big as OJ if someone as big as, like, LeBron James did it. Like, that, right. no. Like, this is not even no. remotely close. Someone was like, do you think we're going to see a change to the Fifth Amendment because of this case? No. no. I do not think this will be the case that causes a constitutional crisis that somehow solves the bipartisan issue in the United States that gets everyone to come together and overturn the Bill of Rights. Like, I'm just going to go out there and say, like, no offense to Gabby Pito, Potato and her family. No. Um, no. Yeah, it, I, I saw somebody be like, we should change the Constitution right now. And it's like, ma'am. Like, right. And, like, not that I think it's, like, the most sacred document in the world or anything like that. But, like, <laughs> out of everything in the Constitution that we need to change, like, this one isn't it. Um, and then you also see a lot of like, if we just replaced the FBI with TikTok, this would be solved. But there was a lot of like, and I need people to stop, officially stop calling men who do slightly good things, daddy. We don't need to be calling people news daddy. We don't need to be calling anybody daddy. daddy. Like, stop it. Stop it. I thought I thought we wrapped that up after Steve Kornacki in the election. I thought we were done. Like I thought I, we had all agreed it was over. Yeah, yeah. I, please stop. Like, please, oh, please, please, please. Um. So and then it makes it it makes it so hard to take you seriously when on one hand you're like we gotta send in this tip to the FBI and then the next you're like Brian Daddy like News Daddy called me out like and again like. If it is not your evidence, if it is not your film, if it is not your deer cam sighting, like, you should not be the person to go to the FBI. Like, because you can give them nothing. Like, so, And just, like, putting, it, it's, yeah, it, people really got to chill out. Really, really got to chill out. So, I mean. How does this end? High hopes for this situation. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So I think... I think this is going to end with them finding him, and I don't think he's going to be alive. However, no. based off of this current... Scan- oh, that's the other thing. Like, the police are not going to talk on an open scanner about an active manhunt, by the way, because he can right. also access that scanner. Um, but 
I am 80% sure he won't be found alive. Um, Agreed. He has proven to be extremely dumb. And so, like, Lord knows what twist this is going to take. For all we know, he's going to stroll up to his house tomorrow and be shocked that everyone's in front of it. Like... Truly. And, like, let's be real. Somebody who... I mean... I mean, there are just, like, straight-up allegations and eyewitness accounts of him being abusive towards her. Like, he's not concerned about her at all. Like, he's concerned about himself and Mm -hmm. extremely selfish behavior. And typically what happens to people who, you know, allegedly kill people, they get extremely selfish and they only think about the consequences of, you know. And so they... I, I cannot imagine that Brian is been alive this whole week I would be shocked um I would be too um and I think based off of the search the the investigators were doing um I think they got similar vibes of that situation um granted like we don't even I don't think we've confirmed he even has a car like all the cars are accounted for at his parents house and I can't imagine that many people are picking up hitchhikers in 2021 outside of, like, it makes sense in a national park, um, because I feel like that's, like, a more acceptable thing to do there, um, because you have more transient, oh, the most awful, two most awful things, in my opinion, are that um, other people have been found murdered or dead since this investigation has started. Three people, including a couple... Mm-hmm. and people only care if it's connected to this case and they try to connect it to this case so the first one is um a pair of lesbians who were newlyweds it was i think they were living at the camp um they were found murdered like two days after the domestic violence incident happened and it just so happened that the incident happened in front of where those women worked yes. um so there was briefly a time where it was legitimately like oh this could be connected because that's a very weird coincidence but it's like yeah. now that it's been established no one's talked about that you, you know what I mean like that case mm-hmm. has, there's no subreddit to solve that um and then two days ago yesterday um there was a sighting an unconfirmed sighting of him in Alabama and yes. then a body was found behind a dumpster in um Mobile that was confirmed to be a transient person who had died and instead of and all the reactions were no it was just a homeless guy right like, yeah yeah and it's like you know that's other people's damn like someone loved that person you know um totally. because crystal and kyleen were the couple like mm-hmm. people loved and cared about them that's they were the first case reported um you, you know what i mean so it's like that's yeah. a really nasty side of it too of if he's not a serial killer killing all these people, like, I don't care. I don't like, if it doesn't, if it doesn't fit the narrative, they're they're like sick, weird fantasies about this guy. then it's like, these people's lives matter. Like, you know, it's really, it's really gross. Yeah. And so, and I, it feels hypocritical of us to say this, obviously, because we're doing a podcast on it. And so I'm very aware of the hypocrisy of this. Um, But it does just make me sad that, um, you know, there has been other people attached to this and then the second they're not useful it's just oh all right yeah who cares like 
another dead homeless man. Like that's literally what the attitude was. Oh and yeah. So it's sad. And then, you know, the couple who was murdered, it's like, okay, because they weren't a pretty Instagram girl, like we're not gonna mm-hmm. attach ourselves to it. So I hope their their murder is solved. I really do. It was horrific. Um, yeah. And it seems from what I've read that has really shaken up the van life camping community. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think domestic violence is uncommon in that lifestyle. You're locked in a small van with someone. Yeah. You might not, you know, not everyone who decides to drop everything and go live out of a van is in like the best state mentally a lot of times. Um, yeah, and seems- you know, it's a high stress situation. You're outside mm-hmm. of all of your comfort zones. It's, so, you know. So I think like once Gabby's case is solved, like I think we'll step back and be like, okay, like while it was weird at the time, um, the major parts of it do sadly make sense. Um, I think why Crystal and Kylan's murder is so scary is that it was a random attack it seems and so I think that one seems like a bigger threat to that community yeah you know instead of just like a very sad another case of a woman dying at the hands of the person who claims to love her yeah it's it's yeah just it's a very sad thing and it's just sad that like you know there's definitely a conversation to be had about like another conversation we had about social media presence and how things are never what you think they are. And, Oh, I think this is know. like the example of that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Um, of not every couple you see on Instagram is happy. Not every trip is a good one, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it, and I think what makes me the most sad is, um, just, she seemed very earnest to be an influencer Um, yeah and I think that's a very um new mindset that we're dealing with Mm -hmm, um definitely and I don't know how you address it because like I follow every influencer and like I do want I'd be one if I was interesting enough to be one um but it is like kind of sad to think like oh like like you did this trip because you wanted to Instagram it and like that sucks that this is how and now you're famous and it sucks because not at all the way you wanted it to be you know right right exactly and I I don't know it's just it's a weird fascinating case um I'm genuinely shocked at how quickly we're figuring things out um I thought this was gonna go cold I was convinced that like we're never gonna find her yeah he was just gonna get away with it and like the case was gonna go cold and in about two weeks we were gonna move on to something new um so I will be interested to see what's next and knowing based off of when we plan to do this pod and like since now who knows what's going to come out by the time you publish it tomorrow no seriously like oh so much stuff has happened like I knew we were going to have a full-on episode even like before this and now so much shit has happened since then it's it's incredible because I think when we planned this was when he went missing was when you messaged me. So yeah. like in that time, like the entire case has changed, not changed, but like filled out and mm-hmm. yeah, it's all just taken a turn. Um, so I'm assuming um, 
if an update happens, it will get posted to the Patreon. But yeah, yeah, I'll I'll put a little thing at the beginning. But um, yeah, I mean, as of now, it seems like they found somebody or they apprehended somebody, but they're not gonna say who it is. Um, so far. Yeah, and um, part of me is like, well, they caught the person at six thirty. Like, would they have told us by now it's him? But I don't. I don't. Hard know. to say. Um, yeah, okay. I hope. You know, I hope Gabby's family is finding support. I'm hoping Highland yes. and Crystal's family is finding support. Um, I hope the family of the man who was found dead behind the Walmart, I hope his family is finding some support. And then obviously like there are so many other cases that need attention and media focus. And instead of mm-hmm. complaining that she's getting focused, I think it should be why more cases getting focused, if that makes sense. Um, no, I, I fully agree with you. Like, I think that there's like, there's like a point being made about the fact that like, she is a very stereotypical person who would get a lot of news, but that doesn't mean that she doesn't deserve it. It just means everybody else deserves the exact same amount of attention. Yeah. Does. And I think what's frustrating is anytime that conversation is being brought up, people are trying to be like, oh, because Gabby's life doesn't matter. And it's like, no, we're saying that the lives of the other people missing their lives matter too and their cases matter and you know they deserve to have this media attention they deserve to have a subreddit looking for them they deserve for mm-hmm. everyone to know what they look like and know their names and you know and so it's it's frustrating how that conversation's being turned um yes. because it's valid and you know yeah missing and white woman with syndrome is a real thing no, ex- exactly. It's it's a hard thing. And I wish I had found this quote because it was so good. But it was like, yeah, it's an uncomfortable thing to have to say. But like, these are the conversations that we need to have. Like, it's necessary that we, that we get down to it because nothing happens when we don't talk about things and we just ignore them. And yeah, I mean, everybody... Everybody deserves the amount of attention and care that that uh, Gabby has received. No doubt about that. Yeah, exactly. And there's a couple of good podcasts working on this right now. Um, I don't love the murder podcast world. I think monetizing someone's death is uncomfortable and the families never see that money. Um, yeah. I know Going West is doing, has done a three-part series on it. Um, they were one of the first ones to talk about it. I think you mentioned someone else. Oh, I'm not sure. I haven't listened to anything, but I I, oh. I have seen a couple of podcasts. Oh, you know what? You know what? I was I think Mickey had mentioned someone else. Oh, that okay. I think about it. Um, but there was like another podcast that was doing it. Um, I'm pretty sure. But Going West is doing a three part series. Theirs has been pretty good and in depth. Um, I they haven't updated since Saturday. Um, so like woefully out of date at this point. Right. But yeah. Still good. yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have any final thoughts? No, it's just sad. Um, I hope this gets solved. I hope they find him and he goes to jail for a very, very long time. That's the best possible situation, unfortunately. And, and yeah, I, I hope it happens too. And I hope like the Northport police gets gutted even more. And I hope that um, what's his name, your new enemy, I hope Here, Josh he... defund Josh Taylor. <laughs> please 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 um and yeah thank you for having me on I hope I can come on again one day for a uh, 
I'm going to find the most happy situation to talk to you about. <laughs> I, I promise you that. I promise. I promise. But thank you for coming on. This was a real, uh, it, it was very insightful and I appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, and I will see you. See you around, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> on have the a good web. Yeah. <laughs> Bye.